CEO, my name is Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Kristen Morrison. She is the founder of Six Figure Pet Academy with me today. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right, give us some background on you, how you came up with this concept, and I have several other questions to talk to you about about your business. But let's start with you. Sure. So. I started my pet business in 95. I was in my early 20s and I had always loved animals and wanted to be working with them, but I wasn't quite sure what to do. And I ended up having a really happy accident, which was I ran into a woman who was walking dogs for a living and she and I had a brief connection and she asked me if I would want to work for her and I said yes so, so I worked for her for three months and then I ended up starting my business three months later and I had it for 18 years and it was just an amazing experience very challenging at times certainly wonderful many times um, so that's how I got started in in my pet business how did you end up turning your vision uh, of your dream job into a reality? There's certain things that you had to do to, to get it from that statement of meeting somebody to actually moving it forward and making it into a viable business. Sure. So I, I knew as I was working for her that really what I was supposed to be doing, I could just feel it. It was such a yes inside. And so I, and I had never run a business before, always worked for other people, never worked for myself. So it was a really new experience for me, but I felt like I was up for the adventure. And I, I think there's something really powerful about combining that passion with adventure and really looking at a business as, a, as an adventure. And so... I learned a lot just through reading books. There weren't classes for pet business way back then, unfortunately. So I learned a lot through books and I would go to the library and get books on marketing and hiring. And um, it didn't happen over in the course of about three years. I went from you know having two clients for the first year to having about a hundred clients after about year two and I was hiring people and for me it was taking you know one foot in front of the other and just doing what next naturally a lot of my clients would ask for different services and I would begin offering them um, like overnight sitting or at visits you know I initially started my business just as a dog walking business so a lot of if it was listening to my clients' needs, it was really through a lot of trial and error about what works and what doesn't, and tr trying not to make the same mistakes over 
So really learning from them and creating a new experience going forward. And by the time I sold my business, I had 35 staff members and managers, and they are really, I believe, one of the main reasons why my business was as successful as it as it was because they were just the cream of the crop wonderful wonderful people who really believed in the business and did a fantastic job so you know hiring was definitely a learning experience as well um through the course of my business i hired about 250 people and, and some of them were not very good <laughs> but most of them were really great so you're not just in the animal business, you're in the people business too. And you have to look for certain attributes in people that are going to work well with other people and then help yes. you grow your business. Give us some insights on that. I love that you brought that up because a lot of people don't recognize that. They see it as a business that is just about the pets, but boy, it's about the people. <laughs> it really is. It's about both, really. And so for me, when I would get people that were interested in working with me and they would say, oh, you know, I don't like people, but I love pets. That to me was a huge red flag because they weren't just working with the pets. They were working with the people. And so I'm wary of hiring people like that. And so it is about the people. It's really about reassuring them, letting them know that, you know, they trust us. Um, it's such a, a vulnerable thing to let somebody in your home with your pets. A lot of pets, the clients we had were like their kids. So it was as important for them to have good caretakers for their pets as it was for them to have good beers, you know, I mean, it was, it ranked that high for them, which was totally understandable. So that, that was definitely something I was looking at when I was interviewing them as me, you know, are they able to look me in the eyes when they're talking to me? If they're not, that could be a red flag, <laughs> you know, I mean, they might be shy, you know, and if I ever had any doubts, if people were good with people, I would do a second interview to see how they work is sometimes people are really nervous when they're being interviewed for them and you have to give them a second chance. So if I ever had any doubts, I would always bring them in for a second interview just to see if maybe that would relax them a little bit. Me, a person. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and now yeah. one of the things that you've been able to do is not just work on the scaling of your business, but also work on the efficiency of your business, being able to go from seven days a week to say three. Ad address that for our audience. How, how were you managed to, to figure out the optimum um, method to blend the human side, our life, in with the capitalistic side, our business? Yes. Yeah, so that came out of desperation actually it came from really being so burned out working seven days a week 12 to 14 hours a day for probably a couple years at that point and and you think i was super passionate it's great that really fueled my fire but it's not sustainable and so i ended up realizing that if i didn't radically alter my life 
I would not be doing it anymore and I would not want to do it anymore. So I really had to look at many things, you know, look at it from a whole perspective, which is, you know, what would I want to do if I had more time? Because at that point I'd been in a way a workaholic. I had been working so that I had forgotten what I liked to do. So for me, it was counterintuitive and it was starting with that, really looking at, well, if I had more time, what do? And so I began creating a list of things, horseback riding, lunch with friends. You know, at first it seemed like a pipe dream because I was working so much day, but that kind of helped me whole, I, that helped me. It was like the light at the end of the tunnel and began doing really intentional things with my business, which was I raised my rates, which I hadn't done in a number of years because I've been afraid to leave, but the thing I was ready to leave. So I began to not care. You know, I ended up deciding I'm going to raise my and if people leave, that's fine. And most people did not leave. They were surprised that it had taken me so long to raise my rates. So that was a way of working uh, less or the same amount and making a lot more money through raising rates. And so that was one piece. Also, I had to look at the tasks that I was doing, taking me many hours a week. One of them was billing, um, invoicing clients, um, managing my business, like answering calls and emails. So I began delegating a lot of these tasks that were taking me a long time to do. They were tasks perhaps that I didn't enjoy and especially delegating them if they took a long time and I, and I didn't enjoy them. So that, that automatically went in the delegation pile. And um, in a year I went from working seven days a week to working three days a week and I doubled the amount of money that, that I was making. And it was, at first I didn't. So, you know, it was like a get rich quick <laughs> thing in a way, but it actually wasn't. So in the beginning I was making a lot because I was paying a lot more out. You know, after a couple months, what I began doing was really looking at ways that I could market to get more clients, they actually earn more money. I was hiring better people because I wasn't so exhausted. You know, I felt like my gut was more tuned because I was fresh, you know, and I became the visionary of my business instead of, you know, what I talk about with my coaching clients is working in the belly up where you can't see what's happening to your business. There's no room for growth or vision there in the belly of the ship. It's really when you get up onto the deck and behind the wheel of a ship, you know, that you're able to really look out onto the horizon and see where exactly you want to go. And so, through the year, I was able to really get that vision and go after it. And where I wanted to go was I wanted to travel, up living in Bali, France, while my business and thanks to the care of my managers and my wonderful staff members. India, I was able to really live beyond what I could have imagined through having the wonderful people that I had on staff, but also recognizing that it was a to change the way I had been things 
you know, part of it was letting go of the guilt that I had of like, but this is what business, you know, being with us or customer service, you know, we grow and evolve just like our business does. And if we don't listen to that, then it's not going to work. So I began really listening to what I felt like I needed and that helped my business grow. Great. All right. Kristen, thank you so much for being a guest on my today on my show today. And I, I hope that we have further interviews with each other. You really touched on a lot of, of hot spots with me. Don't don't hang up after the interview. I, I want to make some more introductions to you. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Are right, you been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba? Thanks for joining with us. And don't forget to download our new app, CEO Money, on Android and iOS. We'll talk to you soon.